Hey, Penguins fans, happy Tuesday, December 13th for today's show, because you know, there's a couple of off days for the Penguins' next game on Thursday against the Fancy Cats. We're going to get into a, a big injury update for the Penguins, as it looks like the streak of them being fully healthy is about to come to an end. Uh, it, it is a defenseman that is on the shelf. I will get to who it is uh, directly after this drop, and we'll also get into just how good POJ has been this season. We're going to dive into the numbers, uh, talk about more stuff that I saw from the game on Monday with how he is just developing at a really nice pace right now. And we'll also get into, you know, just a, a small little preview of what to expect against the Cats. We'll have a full preview on Wednesday when I'll be joined by Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers for a full crossover episode with that. So today's episode is all coming up right after the drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Swan Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's jump right into it. Penguins injury curse will live on. It'll always be a thing I'm at this point. So um, just a few days after Jeff Petrie said, hey, I'm fine. My hand's okay. Kind of buckled on him. He went right to the locker room. Um, he missed the game on Monday, saw that he was being evaluated for that injury. Um, on Tuesday evening, the Penguins officially placed Jeff Petrie on long-term injured reserve, which means he'll have to be out for a minimum of 10 games or 24 days. And they have recalled defenseman Mark Friedman and uh, forward Drew O'Connor. So, you know, he's an extra forward uh, for them. The, the Penguins are fully healthy at four, but, you know, he's just another body. I don't think he's going to be in the lineup uh, on Thursday, but, you know, he, he's an extra person to have right now, unless there's a forward. Uh, that's her too, but I don't really think there is. Uh, but the big news is that Petrie is going to be out for um, at least the next three to three and a half weeks. Um, that injury kind of tells me right now that pro- pro- probably a broken hand uh, or some 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 kind of hand injury. I don't know if it's fully broken, maybe it's sprained, but his hand is not doing well, and he'll be out for at least uh, three and a half weeks. Potentially, could be four to five. Um, the earliest he could return is January eighth. I believe that game is against Arizona, if I recall correctly. Um, and the Penguins, they they had no choice but to put him on LTIR if he was seriously hurt because they don't have any cap room to call players up. I mean, they had $5,000 literally against the cap before Jeff Petrie got hurt. It, it is do- purely dollar in and dollar out. And again, he suffered that injury on December 10th against the Sabres. was probably a left wrist or a left arm injury. Um, and I think with O'Connor, what they're looking for with him, he's played really well these last couple of games, nine points um, in those two games. He's been one of Wilkes-Barre's best players. We'll see if he'll he'll draw in Freeman. He's just going to kind of be a warm body for them. I think they're just going to keep rolling with the same defense that they had um, on Monday night. But it definitely stinks that Petrie did get hurt because he was having a pretty solid season. Um, I know some of his underlings, you know, weren't the greatest, but, you know, if you go down up to natural stat trick, 28 games, the Penguins, when he was on the ice, had basically 50% 
of the shot attempts, 53% of the actual goals for, 54% of the expected goals, 53% of the scoring chances, 55% of the high danger chances. So shot attempts a little down, but overall his other underlyings are pretty decent. Started out a bit slowly taking the penalties, but I really did think that he was finding his form really well. And, you know, he was really making that trade look like a good one. I, I think it was at the time I even said that I thought uh, Petrie over Matheson is an upgrade, even though um, Petrie is a bit older. And so far, I think I've been proven correct with that. I think he's been, as advertised, a good defenseman in his own zone, someone who can play well um, offensively too. I think he's been, he was, he's been really good on the power play as of late. This hasn't brought, you know, like, I don't want to say this. He's brought some offense. He's been good in the offensive zone. Just hasn't brought as much as I thought he would so far. And yeah, he went on a little bit of a heater when he he was under Marty St. Louis um, for part of last season. But, you know, this is still a system that benefits him or suits him well. I should say so. I was kind of surprised to see his point totals not up to par um, just yet, but I still think he was having a pretty good season. So this loss is going to be a big one for the Penguins. He's their second best puck mover, in my opinion. Um, that's going to really create a gaping hole now on that right side. So that means it will tang. The pressure is going to be really on him to eat those top pairing minutes. Um, you're going to see other uh, defensemen uh, slot up. I think you're going to see Jan Ruta start getting second pairing minutes. Um, and then on the third pairing, you know, they can flip some guys around. They can put Chad Ruedel over there if they want to, or they continue, they can continue to use him um, on the left side. I think what you're probably going to see you know, if I had to guess, Pedersen, Latang, I think you're still going to see Dumoulin, Ruta, and then Joseph Ruedel. I, I think that's probably what they're going to do, especially if they want that, you know, that full left righty like Mike Sullivan likes having for his defensive core. So I think those could potentially be the pairings moving forward. Wouldn't be surprised if they kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Maybe Ruta plays on the left side. He's had some history doing that. You know, obviously... Uh, Ruedel has played on the left side before. Friedman also, you know, if he gets in the lineup, he is actually more comfortable, I think, on the left side compared to the rights. But, you know, I know this weakens the defensive bid, and I know it's a big loss, but I do think the Penguins will be able uh, to withstand this. You know, they were able to withstand a, sh- a short absence uh, from Chris Tang. I think with Petrie, even though he's had a good year, I do think this team is well-equipped to handle that absence, excuse me, because I think this defensive core um, is still pretty deep. Now, as for, you know, the recalls and stuff, you all will recall um, back early on in the season when Mark Friedman, he had to go through waivers, right? Right before the season started. Um, he will not have to go through waivers before he goes de- back down again uh, when Petrie's ready to go, unless he plays over 10 games or spends up to 30 days on the team. If he does one of those two things, he um, he will have to clear waivers. If not, he can be sent back down to Wilkes-Barre uh, without having to clear waivers. So that, that is really nice. Drew O'Connor, he is waivers exempt, so he is fine. He can go down um, anytime they feel like it. Uh, so the, that is the reason why they, you know, they brought up those two. Um, I understand people are going to ask me, well, what about Ty Smith? Why is that trade looking so bad for John Reno? Guys, you know, he makes a lot more money at this point than Drew O'Connor and Mark, and Mark Freeman does. You know, he actually makes more money combined than them. There you go. Yeah, I, I know they could have easily done it. They put Petro on LTI, Petro on LTIR. That frees up six million cash space. They could have easily done it. 
But, you know, I think at this point, you know, why bring Ty Smith up, Ty Smith up also if you're just going to set him? I mean, like, what, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, he's he's going to continue to get playing time down there. If you're if you're bringing him up, you're going to play him. Like, it, it, I think it would just make no sense for if they were to just bring him up and for him to just sit um, in the press box every night because, you know, he does have more talent than Mark Freeman, especially offensively, and you want to see what he has. But when you bring him up, you want to make sure that he is in the lineup. You know you have a safety valve in him when Brian Juman likely walks after the season. They probably, you know, have been talking about that a lot too. So he probably, he's probably not really even taking this personally, not being called up. It's just that Mark Freeman, he's, you know, more equipped, I, I guess, to sit in the press box just because he's been a number seven, number eight defenseman uh, for most excuse me, for most of his career. So I, I don't really have a problem with it, but I understand that people are going to complain to complain, but, you know, that's the reasoning I at least have for why they're not bringing up Smith. So some unfortunate news for the Penguins uh, with injuries, but, you know, this is what we all signed up for. You know, you, you knew it wasn't going to be um, – you know, sunshine and rainbows all year, as the saying goes, right? But uh, so Petrie will be out at least until January 8th. We'll have to see if it's longer than that. Big loss, but Penguins do have O'Connor and Mark Freeman up right now. So that wraps up this first segment going into a big injury and what it means for the Penguins moving forward with their defensive core. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into P.O. Joseph and how he is really just turning into a shutdown top four defender right now and how. Um, if it weren't for this outstanding rookie class, I think he'd be getting a lot more Calder Trophy love. Um, but before I get to that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or you should mobilize to learn more. Better line where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. We're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Marshall Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, sorry, I just had to respond to my girlfriend because she was sending me some weird um, text message. Where did you see that? Okay. Put the phone away. I don't know what the heck that was about. Anyways, getting back to the overall topic here of discussion. So, P.O. Joseph, another ridiculous game um, on Monday night. I mean, I, I was just, I had my eyes fixated on him the entire time because, man, does he play great defense in his defensive zone. Every time the Stars were coming in when he was on the ice, he would be the first one to poke that puck away. The Penguins would be going right back down the other side of the rank, a couple of instances, instances, excuse me, where he was involved in one-on-one defense, shut that down like it was nothing, gets his first goal of the season and his second career NHL goal, um, and just roofed that one pass. Jake Ottinger, also really nice pass from Kasperi Kapanen to get that puck to POJ. Um, go look at that. It was a really good play. And, you know, he's, Kapanen, you know, he, he's definitely feeling himself right now. If, um, I mean, if he, he's making those kind of passes, um, excuse me. But, you know, overall, P.O. Joseph is just showing the coaching staff just how good he was. Because remember, I touched on it on my late Monday and Tuesday episode. This was someone who, honestly, they were trying to trade him during the offseason, 
or in the preseason, especially after they got Ty Smith. And, you know, I was sitting there saying, like, there's no way they're going to leave Ty Smith off the roster. Obviously, I took the big fat L. I have it on my forehead right now. He was great in the in camp, great in the preseason. And I was expecting a trade. I, I knew Mark Freeman was going to go down. They were trying to trade him, but they couldn't find a taker. Um, I think Hextall is probably thanking the Lord right now that he didn't do it because, you know, in those first 25 games so far this season, this is the most he's played in the NHL season. Remember, during the COVID shortened season, 16 games, last year only played four games, this year already 25. He is putting up some rock solid numbers at five on five right now. When the when POJ is on the ice, Penguins had 52% of the shot attempts. They also have 66% of the actual goals. 22 goals for 11 goals against when he is on the ice. That is ridiculously good. Going to some more numbers. Expect scoring chances, 54% of those. That is a career high for him. 53% of the high danger chances for the Penguins when he is on the ice. 52% of the expected goals and then 55% of the actual high danger goals for that's 10 to 8 right there. Um, Just absolute spectacular stuff right now from the first year defenseman. And I'll I'll say it again, um, if he keeps playing like this and when Petrie comes back, I would really consider putting POJ up with Latang and having that be your top pairing. You know, I, I think Pedersen has done a great job on that pair with Latang. I think he's really, you know, balanced him out. It was obviously not working with Dumoulin just because he was looking washed. And I know Tanger after that was kind of having some rough games, stroke happened, but the last couple of games, I think he's looked more like the Latang that we all know and love. It's helping that he's playing with Pedersen, but, but he did play with Joseph. And that first came back, and he looked good next to him. You know, Joseph did not look out of place at all. Latang was, you know, leading the team in ice time in his first game back after that, which is typical of Latang. You know, that's just how it goes, I think, at this point. But, you know, POJ was right there with him, and his numbers were were good. You know, you remember a couple seasons ago when they did play on the top pairing for a decent amount of time in those 16 games, and the numbers were not good. I think, you know, POJ just had a little bit of the NHL jitters, wasn't playing that well. Who's playing too high in the lineup right now? Um, he's been pay- taking on that bottom pairing, top four role. He's crushing those minutes. And I think if you were to give top pairing minutes to him right now with how he's playing, I think he would play well with those as well. And I think that, that balances out the defense pretty well because you can move Pedersen down to play with Petrie, right? Who's they, That's been a great pairing all year. And then Brian Dumoulin can, pay, can play with Jan Ruta. And for as much as I have bagged on Dumoulin for a lot of this season, and I think a good chunk of it is deserved. He has played better on the bottom pairing, which is, you know, I think that's more suited for him right now as he, you know, this is his final year in a Penguin uniform. But uh, I just, I couldn't stop gushing over how good P.O. Joseph looked on Monday night. That goal was awesome. He was also involving himself, you know, more offensively after that, getting a couple other scoring chances. His shot from the point is just a booming one. Really nice job quarterbacking that second unit. I would actually love for him to stay quarterbacking that second unit, even when Petrie's down. And if he, um, even when Petrie comes back, excuse me, and if he really crushes these minutes when Petrie's out, um, I would potentially just have, you know, Joseph as the lone defenseman on that second unit and have Petrie on the bench. I know Mike Sullivan may not do that. He would opt to, you know, have two defensemen on that second unit. He's done that at times for the first unit, but I think right now with everyone healthy, he likes seeing Latang as a lone D-man on there, but you know, this is a big opportunity for him 
with um, with Jeff out to really cement himself as that top four shutdown defenseman and someone who can really quarterback a power play because it looked great on Monday night. Defensively, he was a rock. Offensively, I already talked about it. Um, no, it's it's a it's a really good start right now as we're over a quarter of the way into the NHL season. Um, don't don't take this for granted. You know, he is looking like someone who is going to be on this blue line for years to come. And, you know, that that has me super excited, uh, to say the least. But um, that wraps up the second segment of the show. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into a, a, a very small preview of the Florida Panthers and, you know, what's making them just not play as well this season. Because remember, they were averaging four goals a game um, last season. So look for that coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, Eleanor Score Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So <clears throat> it's no secret if you look at the NHL standings, which I'm going to my phone right now, but just to make sure, but I, I know it for a fact. Sometimes I just can't ever doubt myself. But you have the NHL standings and you see the Panthers outside the playoff picture with a 13 and 12 and 4 record. They're four points out of a playoff spot behind the New York Islanders. They're also behind the Montreal Canadiens, Washington Capitals, and Detroit Red Wings, who are a bit above them. But this season, not been good for the Cats. Um, you know, I was a little bit skeptical about that Paul Maurice hire. Didn't really know what they were doing with that. I mean, Andrew Burnett did a good job with them. I understand that they kind of fell off a little early in the playoffs, got embarrassed by the, the, the big brother to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I thought it was a bit much to fire him. I think he did an admirable job after filling in for Joel Quenville, who of course resigned to the, every, the situation with Kyle Beach. Led them to their first series win in, what, 25, 30 years? I understand you look awful against the Lightning, but the Lightning will do that to you. You know, the Lightning showed them that you're not ready for this yet, um, but they've also shown that to a lot of teams over the past few seasons. But I just didn't think the move for them was, okay, we're going to go hire Paul Maurice, who has just had middling results through most of his NHL tenure. And then the loss of McKenzie Weger is looming large because their, de- because their defense is not that deep. And sure, Kachuk is really good because he's the better player in that deal. But, <clears throat> you know, man, they're also missing Jonathan Huberto right now as well. You know, you look at that lineup, Kachuk, Barkov, Reinhardt, I mean, that's a ridiculous top line. Barkov, you all know how good he is. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to say it. You know, one of the best two-way centers in the league can do it all offensively, defensively. Um, he's ridiculous. Uh, Kachuk, he's the goal scorer on that line. Reinhardt can do it all as well. It's a very good top line. After that, you know, it gets a little, a little, eh. you know, Sam Bennett centering their second line with Colin White. Um, E2 Listerinen is on that second line left wing. Nick Cousins, Eric Stahl, you know, Denisenko is on that third line. Chris Tierney, Ryan Longberg, Zach Dalp. Um, you know, it, it trails off quick. And I think I understand right now that they do have some injuries. Uh, Patrick Hornquist is out right now. Poor Penguin, of course. Carter Verhage, he is day-to-day. Anton Lindell is out. Anthony Duclair is still on IR. He has not been able to come back just yet. Um, but, you know, that, that forward group right now in that trading, I know they brought back the better player even though I think Calgary could win that trade in the long haul potentially, but that four group, it's, it's not the same. And defensively 
That's the same as well. Gustav Forsling, who is a good defenseman, he's just not Mackenzie Weger. Aaron Ekblad, you all know what he can do. After that, though, Mark Stahl, Brandon Montour, both are not that good anymore. Um, Josh Mahura, Max Kierstead, you know, not not good enough either. So, yeah, it's their lineup is just not as deep. And, you know, scoring four goals a game, that's not going to last. Like, sorry, like you were, there's going to be regression when it comes to that. You know, you, you can't just be the best offensive team like that for one season and think, oh, it's just going to carry over. We got Kachuk and all that. No, like it's very hard to average four goals a game in back-to-back seasons. And I haven't even gotten to the goaltending yet. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky has been brutal uh, this season. You know, he is sub 900 yet again. That contract continues to look absolutely gross. And I'm going to go down here on money puck um to get to this because it's funny uh spencer knight has been the better goalie this year and honestly guys it's not close like spencer knight right here he's played in 15 games this year right he saved 3.5 goals above expected 952 save percentage on unblocked shots at 5v5 919 overall save percentage 2.64 goals against average the panthers should start him on thursday against um the penguins because he is a better goalie now, if you scroll down a little bit more, and we go find, if I can find him right here, if we go to Sergei Bobrovsky in 16 games, so it's kind of been a 1A, 1B situation, though I think Knight should be getting the more of the point time going forward. 16 games for Sergei Bobrovsky. He's allowed four goals more than expected, 884 save percentage, 3.58 goals against average. That is awful. If I were the Penguins, I would be hoping that Paul Marie starts him on Thursday. He's always been bad against the Penguins throughout his career. Um, but, man, that contract that Dale Talon signed him to is aging like milk. And everyone knew it was going to. You know, day one, why are you signing him to an eight-year deal worth well over $8 million per year? Just did not make any sense. At the time, it continues to make less and less sense as each passing day goes. Spencer Knight. He is the goalie of the present, and he's the goalie of the future. He should be their number one guy. It's time for them to just ride Bobrovsky on the bench and use him as a backup. And I know that's hard to do because he signed for a lot of years and you're putting a lot of money on the bench, but so what? Knight, Knight is your guy, and they need, to, they need to keep playing him you know, more games at this point. But Panthers, they got to figure out a way to get back to the playoff picture here. Um, just has not been that good of a start for them. They have high-end talent, so the Penguins will have to be aware. Kachuk is awesome again. Barkov, Reinhardt, Ekblad, but they're definitely not as dangerous, I will say, as they were last season. And those three games that they played against them last season were a lot of fun. I remember that game, the first one I think they played was 4-2 in the, th- in the third period. The Penguins go up, nine minutes left. Panthers come storming back to tie it, winning in overtime. And then I think another one they played in Pittsburgh was a lot of fun. The other one after that, you know, they were three pretty high-scoring games. So... Um, I would if I were a betting man, I would take the over on this. I think these are going to be, uh, or this is going to be a really good game. But I'll have a full preview for this one coming up on Wednesday's episode with Armando Velez, and he'll touch more on what's made the Panthers struggle this season. If it's you know more than them just getting bad goaltending from Bobrovsky and them just being banged up at forward and not having as many impact forwards as they did on after last season, because I also do think the loss of Mason Marchment is paying a big. Uh, price for them. He was awesome last season. He's been lighting it up with the Dallas Stars um, as well. But that'll do it for this episode. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. 
We've hit about 750 subscribers on the YouTube page. Really hoping we can make the push to 1,000 soon. I would hope like to get there uh, by the end of the season. So tell a friend if you're or if, if you were an audio listener or you have not subscribed to the YouTube version, please drop a sub there. Really trying to get 1K because um, you know once there is the 1,000 subscribers, um, I am going to um, do a little bit of a giveaway um, for a jersey, puck, uh, something like that. I'm really excited about that. But again, thank you all so much for listening. Always appreciate it. I'll be back tomorrow evening with another episode with Armando Velez of Locked on Panthers. And I'll recap the game on Thursday. And then we'll preview the weekend on Friday when the Penguins will come up to Raleigh to play the Hurricanes. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll talk with you all on Wednesday.